Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to On the Couch with Dr. Michelle, right here on LA Talk Radio. Dr. Michelle Cohen, and you are officially on the couch, everyone, here on L.A. Talk Radio, the country's most irreverent, entertaining, and cool internet talk station. And today, um, we're going to be talking about one of you guys' most popular subjects, of course, you know what I'm going to say, sex and relationships. Um, And we're actually going to be talking about men and women's feelings about sex and love. And how we can experience the best sex of our lives, even in a long-lasting relationship. And I'm talking to one of the most respected medical doctors who also happens to be a sex and relationship expert. So what I find many times in my work uh, with couples, and you guys have heard me talk about this a lot, after both individuals in the room with me usually share why they think they're right... (laughs) When it comes to certain disagreements they have, I'm right. I'm, you know, it's always a contest. I uncover how all of their anger and their lack of respect for each other usually affects their sex lives. And also their intimacy, of course, their intimacy towards each other. That's sort of what it's about, actually. And many of the couples I see tell me how they use, quote, makeup sex, right? You know about that. <laughs> to solve their unresolved feelings about themselves and their relationships. That's what happens a lot. And then the cycle continues. And that's, that's not really a good way to keep a long-lasting, healthy relationship going, is it? I, I don't think so. <laughs> but we'll find out from my expert today. Uh, let me just um, uh, bring him up on the air in just a minute. And um, we're going to be talking about his book. It's amazing. Uh, it's called Love Worth Making, How to Have Ridiculously Great Sex in capital letters, in a long-lasting relationship. And Dr. Stephen Snyder, it's Stefan Snyder, actually. Excuse me, Stefan. He's an MD. Not a PhD, he's an MD. And this is why it's wonderful, because, you know, a lot of doctors who are medical doctors, psychiatrists, don't specialize in something. Uh, Furthermore, they don't really sit down and talk to a lot of people. They prescribe meds. How does that make you feel? How's your anxiety, depression? Are you sleeping, et cetera, et cetera? Mood swings. Um, But uh, Dr. Stefan Snyder's unique approach to helping couples with their relationships, with their sexual issues, has helped over 1,500 individuals and couples master the erotic challenges of long-term relationships. So what he does is integrate the latest research on human sexuality with compelling stories in his book from his 30 years of experience. So the book we're going to be talking about today, Love Worth Making, will help us. You know, I don't really, you know, have any restriction here when I'm reading the book on, on age, 
sexual orientation because he does address that and backgrounds i mean we all have a lot of the sexual feelings um and uh by the way uh if you'd like to get in touch with him we'll be telling you how you can find out more about dr stefan snyder and also pick up his latest book and uh, read his amazing blogs etc etc find out more about him and by the way he is a couples therapist psychiatrist writer in new york city he's an associate clinical professor of psychiatry Uh, at the Icon School of Medicine at uh, Mount Sinai in New York City. He's treated patients at his practice, like I said, for over 30 years. A lot of accolades here, Dr. Snyder. I I can't read them all. (laughs) He's been a guest. It's true. On major media outlets nationwide, NBC's Today Show. He writes for Psychology Today, Huffington Post, Glamour, Newsweek, and Cosmopolitan. And without further ado, welcome to the show, Dr. Snyder. So nice to have you on today. Thank you so, so much. It's, it's a, a very flattering introduction. I'm kind of humbled by it. Oh, and, good. Uh, well. <laughs> uh, just uh, launched the book this week. That's and cool. uh, so we're just hoping to uh, be able to communicate to some of your listeners some of the things that they can use. Oh, that's neat. And it's perfect for uh, Valentine's Day. What a great timing you had. Well, we, we, they chose the week. I think they figured it would be subliminally a good idea. There you go. And it is. It truly is. Um, what I really like about your book is it also not only is, is it's a very comfortable read. It explains how men and women think, how we function. And there's so many theories out there um, that, you know, we can now look at old school, you know, books about sex and relationships. And we say, mm, I don't think so. Uh, because you, yeah, really... but that's why I wrote it. Yeah, that's why I wrote it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I wrote it because I, you know, I, I, uh, among the various other things that I do is uh, I've been for years the uh, chairman of the Consumer Book Award Committee for the Society for Sex Therapy and Research, right. my home society. We write about it a fair amount in the book. Yeah. And uh, I've just been struck by, by how many books about sex really just miss the mark. Yes. And why, why do they, they either, miss that mark? They um, yeah. are just about technique, right. which, you know, it's, it's nice. It's better than bad technique, but right. it doesn't really make it. Exactly. Or they're about novelty. They're about novelty in some way. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, exactly. You know, what's what's new and what's unusual mm-hmm. in, in, in the sex and how to make it new and adventurous and unusual. And that doesn't really make it either. Um, yeah. You know, Fifty Shades of Grey right. sold uh, 100 million oh, copies, and yeah. it made a lot of women very excited for a week and a half. And then exactly. things settled back to normal. You know, novelty doesn't really make it. The mind is a restless consumer. It's always saying, what have you done for me lately? That's right, exactly. Where the books go in the scientific direction. <laughs> which I'm kind of sensitive about because I'm a you know medical doctor and sure. we're supposed to be science people, but it never made any sense to me that you go science-wise when you're talking about sex. Yeah. It's all about feelings. Yes. So I decided to write a book that was just all about feelings. Mm, love it. But also there's some um, Can you hear me? Because I'm having a little trouble hearing you. Actually. Maybe I should pump up my audio a little bit, see if you can yeah, hear I, me. Yeah, I can't there hear you are. at all, actually. Your, your oh. voice is completely a whisper. Hmm, that's not good. Uh, we look like we're here good on the Skype live coming up to you. Yeah, I, I, I can't hear you. All right. Can you hear me now? Let's try this. There you go. Are we up now live? Can you hear me okay now? You know what I might do is I might give you a call back if you can hear my whisper. What I might do is give you a call back in just a bit, and then what we'll do is we'll pull you up live on um, the having, it, it, Yeah. Bad still? Can you hear me? I can, I can, I can hear you now. You, oh, good, your voice good, good, just good. came back in. Oh, great, great. I can hear you too. Maybe it's the uh, that satellite just passed... Uh, something oh, okay. 
<laughs> and actually, there's an echo, there's a there's a whisper, there's an echo now. Every time I speak, I hear myself about oh, a second no, later. Oh no, that's not good. So if you're listening to yourself on your computer, um, that's not a good no, thing. No, I'm on I'm on yeah, a phone. You're on the phone. Well, I'll yeah. have my engineer work on it feverishly while we're here on the okay, air. Okay, <laughs> excellent. But hopefully, we can hear each other. Is that good? Okay, I'm All sorry right. about that. Oh my goodness, no worries. We're hey, this is casual. This is all good. Okay, and that's all right. Are we live or is this recording? We are live. On the oh air. my goodness gracious! <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the good news is, as I always say, if people miss the shows, they can always go back to my webpage here at latalkradio.com and uh, listen okay. to the show again, and we'll have all the un- information about the show and the content up in the archives. Okay. And also, I really wanted yeah. to hear what you were saying because oh. it sounded like you were saying something very interesting, but I was, I was struggling to hear it, and then it disappeared oh. completely. Well, so if you apologies. could hit rewind for a couple minutes and you know, let me know what, what's going on. Will do. Uh, what was so interesting to me is, um, you know, it's, uh, I was sharing earlier in the show that it's sort of difficult to find a psychiatrist who specializes in sex therapy. Most psychiatrists I know who I work with out here uh, are amazing in Los Angeles, and, uh, you know, they're just trying to get someone's moods uh, sleeping uh, you know daily functioning you know down and they yeah, prescribe yeah. meds and that's it but you actually talk to people wow and that's you all actually- i do <laughs> i mean i've got a prescription pad in case somebody okay. needs prozac or something oh, but good. but basically i'm a talking psychiatrist <laughs> that's um, amazing and i i actually cast about for years as yeah. to how to find a niche as a talking psychiatrist yes. um, because you know everybody just kept saying you know well we'll send somebody if they need Prozac um, <laughs> and I was never really interested in that at all it right. kind of bored me um, well, that's so uh, and then somebody said well you know there's sex and relation I said well, don't even stop right there. I, I'm, I'm so there let's do that yes. um, and oh, I've perfect. never booked book that was 30 years ago oh that's great so that's so, all I do what? because you know the yeah. wonderful thing about sex is that you get the mind and the body together right if right. something goes on in a person's mind, it's reflected immediately in their sexual body. That's exactly right. That's so true. And there's not enough literature on it. Well, there is in your book, Love Worth Making. So we're going to talk about Well, I that. did my best. Well, as, as I mentioned, I, I tried yeah. to, to put in everything that I've been telling patients for years and years and years, but it's kind of limited. You know, you yeah. see maximum maybe 40 or so patients a yeah. week, and it's so a limited number of people you can reach. So I decided, okay, well, let's just... just put everything into a book and that way everybody can have the information yeah exactly well that's so true you know there was a question that i wanted to you sort of already answered it you know why you became a sex and couple therapist you said that was kind of yeah that was my niche i knew i i get that you know i feel good about that so so uh, you know it's something that you just vibe to and said i i really have studied a lot and i know what's going on with this so you're bringing all this information Mm -hmm. yeah what's that is something else. Is it okay if I interrupt? Please do. Is something else, which is that uh, I was acutely aware of how miserable sexual problems made people. Oh, yeah. You have somebody whose life is going okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this uh, the person I talk about in my book in Chapter 3. His name is Paul. His life is going okay. Yeah. He's a young banker in New York City. Everything going for him. He's been on the fast track to success. And he has a date on a Saturday night with a woman and there's yeah. something that usually happens to a man's body when he gets physically excited, and yeah. it wasn't happening. And it oh. didn't happen all night long. And she right. said, it was it's just fine. You know, don't worry about it. It'll be okay yeah. next time. And he goes home, and he can't sleep, and he can't concentrate, mm-hmm. and he can't do his work, and he calls me up, and it's an emergency. Yeah. Wow. That's not uncommon. Wow. As I, as I say, when I get a call from a man on Sunday morning, it usually <laughs> means he lost an erection on a Saturday night. Right. <laughs> That's and very common. So I was right. acutely aware of how urgent and these things are, and how 
truly miserable and hopeless people feel oh, when they don't goodness. feel sexually okay. Oh, my gosh. And the contrary is how wonderful they feel yes. when things are going well sexually. And I thought to myself, you know, there's something rich in here. Yes. There's something about this. That is. And after several years, I kind of figured out what it was. Um, I don't know if you want to tell them or if you want me to tell them. Oh, please tell them. <laughs> yes. Sex is infantile. Yes. It, yes. Sex is an echo or a reawakening of feelings that for most of us go back to earliest, earliest infancy yes. of being held and rocked and mm-hmm. told we're wonderful and treated like the most important person in the world. Yes. And we go back there. We regress during lovemaking. Mm-hmm. That's why it has such phenomenal power to make us feel so wonderful or so terrible about ourselves. Yes. Something just... Uh, that came up with me and I see uh, with couples as well um, when someone doesn't have that loving and cuddling and nurturing and you know we've mm-hmm. <laughs> all you know experienced that is there usually a, a problem with their sexual patterns or with their feeling about who they are sexually I don't think anybody's ever been able to study it scientifically yeah. because it would take a long long time and uh, do that kind of study but you know I think we have a sense intuitively mm-hmm. it's both nature and nurture obviously mm-hmm. you've got Parents who are really, some parents really are toxic. Yes. And when you hear adults, I'm sure you do, talking in the office, you go, you know, I can see the effects of toxic parenting on right. this person. Yeah. Either they're just smothering, overwhelming the kid, no boundaries, or at the other extreme, just a cold, barren, uh, loveless, uh, God forbid, environment. Uh, yeah. Um, and some kids are just extraordinarily difficult uh, to manage. Yeah. Uh, they tend to be oppositional or inattentive, and as a result, you know, it's hard, kind of hard to relate to them, hard to get to them. Absolutely. I and mean, sometimes you get the combination. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you, you get the echoes of what the original match was between a parent and child and family and child mm-hmm. and where the child fit into the family. You get the echoes of this mm. when two people, two adults are in bed. But I don't think anybody's ever going to really kind of study it scientifically. Yes, yeah. So I just thought I'd throw that out as a psychiatrist slash psychologist sort of analysis question. Yeah. So- <laughs> One of the things is that um, uh, you want to be careful about, I'm sure you know this already, mm-hmm. but just for your viewers, you want to sure. be careful about leaping to conclusions oh, yeah. about people. Absolutely. Because let's say there's somebody who doesn't really like to be touched. Right. You could conclude this must, person might have had a horrendous childhood. Sure. In many cases, you'd be wrong. Right. People are different. There's incredible sexual diversity, and there's yes. some people who just really just do, don't particularly crave touch. That's right. just who they are. That's just how they're wired. Right, exactly. And it doesn't mean it's wrong or bad or there's something exactly. wrong with them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and it's the same thing for kink. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some people, as I say in my book, yeah. who seem to be seem to end up kinky as a result of certain traumatic things that happen to them. And then certain people who just seem to be born kinky, just like somebody's born straight or gay. Yeah, yeah. And there's no, again, there's no right or wrong. It is what it is. And if there's, you know, no harm in, uh, you know, (laughs) hurting someone else or themselves, I mean, that's, that's good. It's all good. Whatever works, you know. Something that I was... And it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with you. No, exactly. So, um, what I loved about your book is that you talked about why sex has such power to make us feel so wonderful or so terrible about ourselves. So can you talk more about that? Why is that? Why is that? Well, um, we, we, we kind of started to talk about it a few minutes ago into the yeah. fact that, that it's infantile. Yes. Because infants have very little coping capacity. Hmm. Yeah. They can't really right their boats when the boat gets tipped over. They mm. just kind of fall to pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And young children, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the sexual mind, or this is what we call in the book the sexual self, is really the inheritor yes. of all those dramas of infancy. And it turns out that like an infant or a very young child, the sexual mind has very little coping capacity either. Mm. You see this, I'll give you an example. You see this, uh, is this a radio show where I could use the word penetration? You can. You can. Okay, you very can good. Different you, words. you said it was irreverent, and I thought, okay, we could do that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so you see this with penetration. Yeah. If there's some geometric uh, difficulty getting the fit right and getting penetration to occur, mm. and usually the man has to wait for, you know, sure. 10 or 15 seconds to be able to figure out how to get penetration, very often he'll lose his erection. Right. Right. And the reason is because his infantile sexual mind has absolutely no frustration tolerance. That is fascinating. And even though he may be the most mature person in the right, world right. and able to, you know, right. uh, work for years on something, his sexual mind can't do that at all. Interesting. Yeah. I'll give you another example. Okay. One of the things that I think misleads a lot of people about magazine, online, and book version sex advice mm -hmm. is that it tends to have a lot to do with giving. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Give your partner a wonderful experience. Right. <laughs> um, I, I listened to you. It was a wonderful show you did with Mel Schwartz, oh, who talked about uh, yeah. giving and giving to the universe. Oh, and he's great. Th that's that's yeah. certainly the dominant theme right. um, in sex writing, that it should be generosity and mm -hmm. giving. Yeah. And in my book, I take the exact opposite mm -hmm. take. I say, this is, for <laughs> sex, this doesn't work at all. <laughs> sex is not about giving. Sex is about taking and enjoying. Right. Um, Masters and Johnson had this technique where couples would touch each other. They would right. take turns, touch each other, and everybody always does it wrong. Yes. Everybody always does it by trying to give your partner the most wonderful massage in the world. Right. right. Unfortunately, there's pressure on you to do that, and there's pressure on your partner to enjoy it. It's like sensate focus mechanical. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so the real way to do sensate focus, yeah. which actually Masters and Johnson didn't exactly figure out for many years, mm. but toward oh. the end of their career they did. Yeah is, we could talk a little bit more about this if sure. you want, is the real way to do it is not to give touch, but to take touch. Yes. So your partner lies on their stomach, yeah. and you have permission to touch them in whatever way you want. Right. And now they know that you're taking care of your own needs, mm -hmm. because you're touching them whatever way you want. They don't have to do anything. Yes. They're free to just experience and to just enjoy it or not, in whatever way they want. Right. And that's the royal road. Right. It's mutual. It's mutual that way. No, it's exactly. not mutual. It's you, not mutual. That's so, the key. So you're the it's, person um, who is g sort of satisfying yourself by touching someone who says it's safe for them. Exactly. Right? Oh, okay. And, and they're satisfying themselves because they know you're okay. Ah. They know you're enjoying their body. Okay. And they can let their thoughts and feelings go wherever they want. They don't have to worry about whether they're responding or whether they're having the same the kind of response that you want them to have. Yes. They're yes. free. And that freedom. So yeah. it, it's not mutual. Um, and it, Or if it's mutual, it's mutual in some kind of way that's uh, it's a little bit like, to use a crazy example, mm -hmm. let's talk about a mother and an infant. Okay. The mother of, say, a newborn or, you know, a month-old infant, mm. beyond newborn phase, month-old infant, is bathing the infant, mm. and she's noticing the infant's feet because they're just so cute. 
and yeah. she's noticing their scent, and she's kissing them, and she's just enjoying these feet. Yes. And the baby, in a nonverbal way, has this experience, mm. somebody is really, really enjoying me. Oh, Somebody's yes. happy to see me. Yes. I don't have to do anything. I just give her my feet. It's great. <laughs> That's right. That's what gets reawakened during good sex. Isn't that cool? That whole so is so it, that's a very deep subconscious infantile behavior, right? Or response? Totally. Okay. Totally. That's amazing. If we can all look at it like that, it's not an adult thing. <laughs> totally not an adult thing. Oh my now, god! Sometimes as adults, we yeah. have to parent yes. our sexual child. Yes. And that's very very important to be a good parent to mm-hmm. your sexual child um, to give it right kind of encouragement and faith and support, and also sometimes some limit setting. If you want to sleep with your next-door neighbor, you know, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do that. Uh-huh. Um, nothing wrong with the fact that you want to, right. but, you know, that's, yeah. that's not yours. That belongs to your neighbors. Yes. You can't do that. Right. <laughs> well said. <laughs> so we can, parent, we can parent our sexual child, mm-hmm. um, but you have to understand that the sexual child itself has very little understanding mm-hmm. and very little frustration tolerance. And unlike a regular child, it's never going to grow up. Mm. Isn't that fascinating? Nor would you really want it to, because, right. you know, it, that's its fundamental glory, is to be completely honest and completely irrational and uh, just unruly. Right, exactly. You know, therapy suggests we become a child again. Find your childhood joy. Find your fun. Find, you know, go back to that old state. Um, and this yeah, is, exactly. This is now, and, and in sex, yeah. you can really do that. Yes, exactly. By the way, guys, in case you just tuned in here, you're on the couch with Dr. Michelle here on L.A. Talk Radio. My uh, special guest today, an amazing psychiatrist, medical doctor, Stefan Snyder. He uh, just wrote a book, just came out this week, Love Worth Making, How to Have Ridiculously Great Sex in a Long-Lasting Relationship. And uh, we're going to tell you how you can get a hold of the book, find out more about Dr. Snyder in just a little bit. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, this is great because we're really getting into the nitty-gritty here about this is not a typical sex book, guys. This This will really... The title speaks for itself. We're talking about emotions and uh, intimacy and what really makes us function sexually and why we do some of the things we do as men and women. Speaking about which, there are some some differences here. Um, And you suggest that a man, and we just briefly touched on this a little bit, will usually choose someone who makes him feel that he doesn't have to compete so hard for their love. Yes. Now what is Absolutely. Tell me about that. What's that about? Men men uh, men have their issues. <laughs> and we don't hear that much about men's issues. <laughs> um but I think we're going to hear a lot more about men's issues in the coming century. Yeah. Um because you know once somebody said the 20th century was really the the century of the woman, women kind of got the vote at the beginning and then toward yep. the end they started to really enter into the workplace and now we're seeing all sorts of things get shaken out and sure. women kind of throwing off some things that they've had to deal with for for millennia right. um and then in the next century we're going to try and figure out what's going on with men because <laughs> right. we don't really know yet and then the guys <laughs> i see they don't really know yet either oh. but i can tell you what i do know yeah <laughs> men feel at a disadvantage mm. in a sexual situation mm. uh okay. there'd be a shock to most women about that yeah but uh, if if any woman goes home and asks her mate or partner or husband tonight who has the advantage during sex, the guy will usually say the woman does. Now, here's why. Mm. He's got uh, one erection 
Right. One climax, maybe if he's young and very energetic, two, or maybe three, if he's young, energetic, and in love. And <laughs> uh, she has no such limitations. Yes. She can have as much sex as she wants. Mm-hmm. She can climax as many times as she wants. Mm-hmm. And uh, she literally has a replenishable resource. Right. His resource is limited. He's a limited resource. Yes. And every guy in the back of his mind is worried, assuming that his partner is not a virgin, that her last partner was able to take her to heights of passion mm. that he can't take her yes. because he knows he's limited. Yes. Yeah. So guys worry about that, and as a consequence, a man will be extremely careful to choose a partner whom he feels is really, really happy with him, mm-hmm. really, yes. really satisfied with him, um, yes. rather than to stretch and say, mm, maybe I'll go for somebody who's really kind of a reach for me. <laughs> Guy's not going to do that. Right. He's not going to do that for a one-night stand. Yes. He's going to do that for a one-night stand, but he's not going to do that for a long-term partner because he's worried. Yes. If she's a reach, oh, maybe goodness. she's not going to be happy with me. Right. So, and this probably, yeah. again, goes back to infancy. In the book, I put mm-hmm. it in the same chapter as the chapter on infancy hmm. um, because he remembers that point in childhood where uh, his mother usually was just extremely happy with him mm-hmm. and extremely mm-hmm. content and just mm. enjoying him, and that's really what, uh, what he wants. Wow, this is just I don't know. Did I, I, did I answer stuff. your question? Yes, you did. Spot on. I have another question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just sort of a bounce off from that. Um, yeah. It, it you know, wasn't in the, some of the questions I sent, but I just something that just really hit me is when I see couples, and I know you've experienced this as well, um, one or the other wants to talk about, just for some darn reason, it makes them feel better, their past relationships primarily their past sexual relationships and some people say well my other therapist told me this was okay because it means we're healthy and we can share this and my oh, thing God. is hell no you know? <laughs> no no don't do there <laughs> there be dragons no you don't want to do that but you um, know what i'm talking about right yeah, now every couple every couple has their own rules yes um for instance some couples share a bathroom Yep. and urinate and defecate in front of each other, and other couples would never think of doing that. Right, right. Um, some couples uh, will watch a TV show, and the man or the woman will say, oh, he's hot, she's hot. Yeah. Um, personally, if, if, if my wife ever did that, yeah. I'd be a wreck. Oh, um, it doesn't so work funny. for us. Oh, I love um, that. That's so cute. <laughs> um, so every every, couple is, every yeah. couple is different. Sure. Um, now, when it comes to sharing past experiences... Yeah. Uh, I think most guys uh, want to know from their female partner that um, they are that the man in que- the, the, the current man the current man uh, uh, wants to know from his female partner that he uh, is the greatest lover she's ever experienced mm-hmm. and has the biggest penis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> and, and just leave it at that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do men go when they you know go to the bathrooms and. Locker rooms. Oh my yeah. god! So they're they're checking out other men and sort of comparing Actually, they, themselves. They have they have they have special um uh, you know special measuring instruments that yes. they they have. We, you buy them yes. on Amazon and you yeah, pull sure. them out and you just go around the locker right. room and you measure the other guy. Oh yeah. my god! Oh, okay, um, I get it. I totally I understand that now. Something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never mind. I'm not even going to go there. So. Um, <laughs> I, uh, 
Uh, something else that really fascinated me about the differences between men and women. You suggest yeah. that for a man to think his partner is sexy, they don't usually have to yeah. be doing anything in particular. But for a Nothing. woman to see a man as sexy, some action, some kind of action on his part is typically Absolutely. required. So what do you mean by this? Well, did that did that ring true for you or not? Yeah, yes, totally. Oh, yeah. Okay, totally. I, I so, have so let me of, tell you. Yeah, I have all of these images of, you know, what what is sexy to me. <laughs> Behavior. Okay. All and right. It, not necessarily um, in the bedroom. Okay, and you know that's 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 one of the places that I was that I was getting to. Yeah. When I said action is on the part is required, I didn't mean in the bedroom. Right. Um because w- most women their their sexuality is integrative. Yes. Um, it their their physical and emotional experience in bed connects with their experience of so many other things. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, back in the seventies and eighties, um, there was such a thing as what was called a political lesbian. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> um, a woman right. who said, you know, I really feel in the feminist cause mm-hmm. um, that uh, it just I I cannot conscience, you know. I, I don't want to I, right. I, for for political purposes. Yeah. There never was a political male homosexual. Yes, um, yeah. it doesn't connect up in the same way with the rest of the person's being. Mm-hmm. It, it's more disconnected from the person's being. Okay. Um, so for most women, um, the activity that they want their man to do has nothing to do with what he's doing in bed. Okay. It has to do with him showing bravery, mm-hmm. courage, initiative, confidence decisiveness, maturity, all leadership qualities yes. outside of the bedroom. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. going to turn her on. Yes. Mm. Um, to, say, to take the other extreme, a man doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman doing nothing is a turn on. Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> Sports Illustrated right. swimsuit issue <laughs> is filled with women doing nothing. <laughs> Okay, they're just lying there. Lounging they're just standing the there. Yes, <laughs> they're just smiling and looking happy. Okay, right. they're doing absolutely nothing. Right now, okay. you know, you know as well as I, there was a magazine that had the opposite. It had men doing nothing. Do you remember that magazine? Oh, yeah, that was well. Didn't Cosmo come out with the male? No, not not Cosmo. Oh, okay, I mean, maybe they did. Maybe yeah. they, I'm thinking of Playgirl. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah, Playgirl magazine. For I don't know how long it published, maybe right. 10, 20 years yeah. in the 70s and 80s. They had a centerfold. It was filled with right. images of guys sitting in there all together doing yeah. nothing. <laughs> and you know <laughs> how Playgirl magazine managed to stay afloat and to get advertisers? No. It was bought by gay men. There you go. The only people who are interested in looking at men doing nothing are gay men. Yes. Because so. the, yeah. their bodies turn them on. Sure, sure. Now, most women... They go, I don't want to see a guy sitting around doing nothing. I want him to be doing something, <laughs> you know, right. fixing the dishwasher, <laughs> saving a village or something like that. Right. I want him in his uniform looking, you know, like oh, he's leading yeah, the crowd or something. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And uh, the big crisis I hear for a lot of women when their husband's facing retirement, that can be a huge turnoff. What's right. he going to do all yeah. day? Yeah. Sit around the house? He's going right. to drive me crazy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> So it's not really fair to us men, but that's the way it is. Women like to see men doing something. Mm-hmm. I see. So that's that's a great explanation. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. That's what yeah, I hear a lot. The title of the title of the chapter of the book yeah. is "Men at Work." 
Exactly. There you go. You know, I have this conversation. I have this conversation with my wife. I say, right. I say, you know, to my wife, I say, you know, do you mind that that you know I've got this book coming out and I'm yeah. working really hard on it and late nights in the office and stuff. She goes, no, no, no. I kind of like that. That's very cute. Um, <laughs> go ahead, stay busy. I want you know. <laughs> I like you. I'd like to see a man busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's very cute, though. No, but it's true. I mean, from what I hear, you know, in the therapy room, it's true. It's 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 what's it's, going on yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely. And viva la difference between men and women. Viva that's la difference. Yeah. However, as you know, most of the media doesn't know this. Yes. For instance, the uh, men's magazines. Yeah. You know, yeah. how to get magnificent abs, you know, in mm-hmm. seven days or something like that. Now, magnificent abs are great, and frankly, I wish I had them. Yes. Um, but... Uh, they don't really make it for mm-hmm. most women. If a yeah. guy has just magnificent abs and not much else, she's not going to be very interested for very long. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the contrary, if a woman has magnificent whatevers, um, you could keep a man's attention for a little while that way. Sure. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> she doesn't really have to do anything. No. She's and the women's nothing. magazines. They, they really don't understand this at all. Right. They're full of advice about, like, seven sex moves to drive him crazy in bed. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No yeah. man has ever come in saying, whoa, I love this woman because she has such great sex moves. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's true. Well, it sells uh, magazines, you know. It makes I, for yes. a lot of uh, online followers. I, and stuff. I guess because, but, you know, because cause I think most women really, really do fundamentally know that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, even the titles of women's magazines. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that there is a, t- a women's magazine called Allure, A-L-L-U-R-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Amazing. It's, it's a magazine. <laughs> this is all about right. Allure. Yes. <laughs> and it's nothing about what you're going to do. It's about how your eyebrows and eyelashes look. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, that's important stuff. <laughs> no, it really is important stuff. <laughs> you know, it is. A lot of women are comparing themselves to other women online. And that's, you know, that whole well, competition. Well, Jerry, they are comparing themselves to other women. They're also enjoying their own eyebrows and eyelashes. Which, hey, um, that's great. <laughs> which is very, very interesting. We're just starting to talk about that in yes. the in the sex therapy field. Yes. Um, is it okay if I talk about this a little Let's bit? Let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah. So. I have a colleague uh, whose name is Marta Miana mm-hmm. um, at the University of uh, Nevada, Las Vegas, who has done some interesting preliminary research, which I talk about in the book mm-hmm. in Chapter 7, right. which is entitled The Woman in the Mirror. Mm-hmm which is about female sexuality, and her concept is something she calls erotic self-focus. Okay. She gave a sample, you know, a a Mm. scientifically chosen sample of men and women questions like, do you get turned on by imagining yourself in your underwear? Right, right. Would you like to have sex with yourself? Oh, boy, yeah. Um, And a significant number of women said, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Now, that (laughs) Um, really surprised me. And very few, very few men knew even what the question was about. (laughs) Now, that's funny to me. But, um, you know, I'm surprised that so many women said yes, because in my experience, I see so many women who are obsessed with their bodies that they don't like who they are, even if their bodies are lovely. Uh, yes. Just the way they are. So many of the women out there are, they have body problems or body dysmorphic disorder or something. They're not good enough. They can't 
live up to the images online or in magazines, of course. So they're not good enough. And, ooh, they can't even look at themselves in mirrors sometimes. They go, ooh. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's surprising to me. Well, that, that well the um, I consider it kind of two sides of the same coin mm. because the erotic disgust mm-hmm. that many women feel about some part of their body um, is the flip side of the erotic thrill mm-hmm. that many women feel as part of their body. Okay. And I think when a woman reads Allure magazine, uh-huh. she's perhaps unconsciously identifying with the women in the magazine mm-hmm. and in an erotic sense enjoying that identification. Mm-hmm. Just like a guy will go to a ball game and feel a sense of thrill when right. he sees somebody hit a home run over the right field fence. Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. So I think yeah, the identification can be strong, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that drives the whole glamour, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It really does when you think about it. And that's. So I that's think of them awesome. as flip. I think of them as flip sides. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, two sides of the same coin. Sure. And obviously, if if a woman's erotic, you know, erotic ideas are primarily negative about herself, then that's yeah. going to drive it very negatively. Right. But. The, the, the other side, which nobody talks about until, mm-hmm. uh, until recently, yes. is the positive feeling that a woman has. I'm having a fantasy of myself dressed in blank, oh, and I'm that. wearing so-and-so, and it shows my shoulders. And yes. there's a lot of this in, cool. in women's eroticism in a way that you don't see so much in men's eroticism. Yes. That, I love that. That's a very positive thing. The, I love it. Does that make sense yes, to you? Yes, it does. It certainly does. Okay. But, yeah, thank you for that. When she presented, when she presented these findings uh-huh. at the sex therapy mm-hmm. meeting uh, a year or two ago, um, most of the audience, as I recall, had the exact same reaction as you did, mm. which yeah. is, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's mostly yeah. negative as yeah. far as I can tell. Exactly, right. Um, so for, for me, I had to kind of think twice about it and think, you know, there is something there. Yes, you know, it's a side is. of it that, that the positive side is a side that people don't really talk about very much. That's true. But this is a study, so this, this has a lot more credence to it. So that's really going to um, be well, interesting. Well, I think, I think it's a start. Uh, you, know, Mar- yeah. uh, you know, Martha's a careful scientist, and I'm sure she would say that, you know, this is not the last word on it. Oh, it needs sure. to be further validated sure. and researched. But uh, I think it's intuitively, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it has face validity. It, it It fits intuitively with something that the makers of, Allure, you know, the publishers of Allure magazine, I don't mean to pick on them, I mean, lots of other magazines too, <laughs> um, know that women are very, very interested mm-hmm. in studying other women and enjoying other women's appearance. Yes, Absolutely. Guys, in case you just tuned in, you're on the uh, couch here with Dr. Michelle here on L.A. Talk Radio. And uh, my special guest today is Dr. Stefan Snyder. He's a psychiatrist. He's written a book called Love Worth Making, How to Have Ridiculously Great Sex in a Long-Lasting Relationship. And uh, Dr. Snyder is also a couples therapist, and he's a writer in New York City, associate clinical professor of psychiatry. Uh, He's also uh, treated patients at his practice for over 25 years. And, uh, of course, you've probably heard him and read him. <laughs> you've seen him on NBC. He's on the Today Show. Writes for Psychology Today, Huffington Post, a lot of other magazines as well. Glamour, uh, Newsweek, Cosmopolitan, etc., etc. And today we're talking about his latest book. Just came out this week. And we're going to tell you how you can get a hold of it in just a little bit because it's a fabulous read. It is very scientific. It's also based on his experience, his knowledge, uh, and also, it gives great, uh, you know, uh, examples of people who've actually had certain situations or problems and how they've worked it out. 
and you'll be reading this book and you'll say, oh my God, that's me in there. I've said the same thing. I've done the same thing. You know, so check it out, guys. I wrote it. I wrote yeah. it and I look at it and I say, that's yeah. me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in almost every chapter, actually, that's what I found for me. Pretty much. <laughs> so, um, well, because the other thing yeah. is because, you know, sex really does involve deep universals for people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A lot of, you know, we talked briefly about men and, and some of the, <laughs> men have problems sometimes, and we're going to work on that. We're going to help Lots you, of them. We're going to help guys out. We're going to help you guys out. But um, something uh, I also wanted to find out, I found very interesting, is um, you said much of the time women will send their husbands or partners to you for sex therapy to be fixed because they have, quote, gone missing in bed. So what, what? What's up with that? Why why are men not having sex with them? I mean, a lot of the women I hear from say, "I'm just getting fatter, or older, or uglier." Or the relationship's been, you know, going on too long, and it, he's addicted to porn and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But what? Do you well, think, you know, it, this on? is really this is really the the sex problem of the 21st century. Yep. The sex problem of the 20th century was women having lost desire. Mm-hmm. And uh, men would bring their wives mm-hmm. to doctors saying, you've got to fix her. There's right. something wrong with her. Right. These days we've evolved to where everybody knows, no, a woman does not have to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with her sexual desire, for the most part. And um, it's just a question of, you know, what her sexual needs are. Right. You, know, here, you know, there are better ways for women to have orgasms. There are better ways for women to cultivate desire. Women have really, most of them, at least... Uh, in developed countries mm-hmm. and uh, among people who uh, are, you know, at least at certain socioeconomic status, women have gotten the memo that they're entitled to pleasure and they can get it. Yep. Yep. Um, with men, it's been a problem. And the problem of the 21st century is the man who, as you say, goes missing in bed. And what the heck is that all about? Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I wrote this book is because I get so many calls from women in this situation that it feels like they must be all sharing notes. Right. You know, <laughs> I gotta, you got to do something about my husband slash boyfriend slash partner slash whatever. Mm-hmm. We're just like roommates. He never looks at me. He never touches me. He's not interested in him anymore. I can't stand it. Yes, yes. And um, I'm sure you see this in your practice. Right, sure. A lot of it. Yeah. You know, and what have I so, done? What have I done? I'm not. I'm what have I done? Yeah. What have I done? Am I turning him off? Do yeah. I have bad breath? I mean, what, what is it? Right. Yeah. And uh, it's especially difficult because uh, it goes against the prevailing cultural script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most women expect that male desire is going to be like good water pressure in their shower. Mm-hmm. Whenever yeah. they want to have sex, they just turn the shower on, and there's good water pressure because, yeah. of course, he desires me. Guy always desires a woman. Right. Yeah. yeah. But now this goes against the cultural script, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Whoa, whoa! Yes. This is this is this is something terribly, terribly wrong here. <laughs> terribly upside down here. Something's off, mm-hmm. and something is off. We just got to figure out what it is." <laughs> so, many, many possibilities, and I'm sure you've seen it many answered many, many different ways in your office. Sometimes mm-hmm. the guy's addicted to porn. Yeah. Sometimes and we talk much more about that if we have time. Sure. Um, Sometimes uh, the guy has an erection problem because right. we know nationwide the number one reason that men avoid sex is because they're worried about their erections. Right. Sometimes uh, the guy has a depression mm-hmm. or a pituitary tumor or some kind of hormonal imbalance. Yeah. But 
in my experience, the most common reason is that for one reason or another, the man has concluded that the situation is hopeless and that he's unable to make her happy. Wow. So is that because she's indicating things to him that she's not happy or she's saying, oh, don't this way or, or, you know, she's. It's a great. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, You know, technically, is there something he's doing wrong? Um, Well, remember, we talked about uh, about 15 minutes ago about how most women, most men worry. Right. That the woman wants more from them than they can give. Yes. Yeah. Did you see the movie Hope Springs? Yep. With uh, Meryl Streep and Tommy Lee Jones? Yes. The guy who hasn't hasn't touched his wife in ten years, and finally she can't stand it anymore, and she takes she drags him to a (laughs) sex therapist played by Steve Carell. It's a really fun you know movie. It is. And it turns out, as they work this through in the movie, that what happened was about ten years before. She had an idea. Hey, let's let's spice it up a little bit. Yeah, right. Let's do something a little different. Let's do a different position or something. Uh-huh. And it freaked him out <laughs> because he thought to himself, Uh-oh. "What we've been doing is not good enough for her. She's not happy. She's not satisfied." And all the alarm bells start to ring. Yes. And yes. at that point, he pulled away. Wow. So obviously, this is nuts. She was just saying, hey, let's go explore. I love you. You love me. We have a great sex life. Let's see what else we can do, mm. which every woman in the world would, in, would, would understand. Sure. Uh, male insecurity, though, uh, makes this a difficult thing. And the oh. guy's worried, hey, how come she's not happy? Now, he's, this is an extreme version, sure. but some version of this plays out. And I'll tell you how it, it gets even more complicated. Mm. There's something in my book called a sex knot, mm-hmm. K-N-O-T, <laughs> which is when a couple ties themselves together in a knot because of each of their natural reactions to something. Right. Okay. Let me give you an example. Okay. A couple uh, was lived together for a year before they got married, as many couples do. Mm-hmm. And they were having a great time, loving each other, having great sex. And then after they get married, uh, there's a point where he does something that upsets her. Right. And she's upset with it. So like any normal person, she wants to talk to him about yeah. it. He reads this as, she's not happy with me anymore. Right. Mm. And so he pulls away. Right. Because he doesn't know you can work that out with somebody. Right. He thinks this is trouble, so he pulls away. Now, she doesn't like that he pulls away. It makes her unhappy. Right. She shows the unhappiness. He reads the unhappiness as, she's definitely not happy with anymore, <laughs> so he pulls away even more. Right. And he starts to pull away. She looks unhappy. And the more he pulls away, the more unhappy she gets. And the more unhappy she gets, the more he pulls away. And he somehow can't get it through his head that the only reason she's unhappy is because he's pulling away. Total misinterpretation. Exactly. This is what goes yeah. on a lot. And I'm sure yeah. you've seen this hundreds of times I in your office. And I call it the sex knot. I like it. And uh, <laughs> sooner or later, he pulls away so much that he becomes thoroughly desexualized. Wow. Um, and mm-hmm. she becomes thoroughly desexualized to her. Sure. Most of his orgasms at this point are due to porn. Right. And uh, he does the porn by himself sure. in the bathroom. Right. And he only does it when she's asleep. Sure. So when she wakes up, that's a signal to his primitive brain that right. he got to turn off the porn. Right. So her presence becomes a sexual negative, oh. and the whole thing just goes to hell. Boy, does that make sense. You know, it really does make sense. And and uh, it's probably a good thing to point out in therapy to people. And I hope a lot of people listen to this again so that they can really understand possibly what's going on, you know, in yeah, their relationship. It's a huge problem. Yeah. This is the problem yeah. of the 21st century. Boy, is it ever. 
What a great point. I want to tell listeners how they can find out more about you, Dr. Stefan Snyder, and get your book, Love Worth Making, How to Make Ridiculous, How to Have <laughs> and Make, I just threw that in, sorry, ridiculous, yeah, that works too. <laughs> Ridiculously Great Sex in a Long-Lasting Relationship. What is your website? How can they find you and get the book? Thank you so, so much. The best yeah. way is through our book page, which is loveworthmaking.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Easy to remember. Love yeah. worth making. It's love making with the word worth stuck in the middle. So loveworthmaking.com. Perfect. All right. And then uh, they can read all about you and your bio and what you do and, of course, find you. Well, the heck, the heck, the heck with me. They could read the book. Oh, there you go. See, that's humility. Yeah. Love it. Listen, we're out of time. We've got to wrap it up here, but uh, it's been, time's gone fast. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. And, you know, if you ever want to talk further about all the things we didn't get the chance to talk about today, like, you know, all the details about the porn problem and stuff, be happy to come back. I would love that because that is a big problem today. And I think uh, talk about, uh, you know, assumptions and misinterpretation. That's huge. And I think if more people understood it and were cool about it, especially women, um, <laughs> life would be a lot easier for them. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really complex and tricky subject. Yeah, it is. All so, right, Dr. Listen, I, I, won't, I won't take you too long. Thank you so much for having me. It's thank been a real you. honor, it's and I an really honor. appreciate it. All righty. Take good care now, and uh, thanks again. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Mm, Bye-bye. Bye now. All right, guys. Again, the show will be up in the archives now. But actually, all the information about uh, how you can get a hold of Dr. Snyder's book will be also up in the archives. So why don't you check that out? And as I always say, do take care of yourself first please and then you'll be great for other people and that's the way it works here i'll be back next week more great great stuff for you to learn about yourself your relationships self-esteem and more thanks for listening this is dr michelle cohen have a great weekend bye-bye now